Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know. This is Deacon Mike. And this is John. At the seminary, there's fake masses going on all the time. And you just finished one of your first fake masses, didn't you? I did. It was my first fake mass ever. So you had all the the gear on, right? The chasuble, the stole, everything. You got it. And you went through the whole mass? Yep, with uh, Deacon, well... To, to be deacon, pretend deacon, Brady Wagner. With a fake deacon, yeah. It's kind of a weird thing, though. I had fake exposition benediction this morning as well, so. Okay, do you remember when you were like 16 and you started to drive? Uh-huh. Now, when you were in the back seat, you knew like how to get anywhere. And if, I, I remember, if my mom didn't know how to get somewhere, I could get you her could there get for her sure. There. Yeah. Easy. But one, as soon as I started driving, I'm like, I have no idea where I'm going. Exactly. I couldn't find my way around my own neighborhood. It's it's like I've never been to Mass before. That's kind of what the experience yeah, is Yeah, exactly. Like. I've been to a thousand Masses, and then I get up there to say it, and where am I? Uh, uh, give me the book. Uh, uh, where am I? In the name of the Father. That's how that goes. In okay. the name of the Father. Now, last yeah. week, I made fun of you for having one of your hobbies as Ethiopian Christianity. Yeah. Which I still think is kind of eclectic and bizarre. But, I've kept it. But I wanted to let you know that I also have a strange kind of geographical hobby as well. It's England, actually. And that's Anglophile, what that's what they call it, right? Anglophiles. Anglophiles. Instead of Egyptophiles? Love what are you? E- Coptophile. What? You're a Coptophile. No, I just like, I have a hobby of Ethiopian studies. There you- <laughs> that sounds so much cooler. You know, uh, a couple you're th- an Anglophile. A couple things about England before we get into it here. Do, do you know how they pronounce aluminum? No. Aluminium. Oh, aluminium. I'm not joking. They actually I think say I've heard that in a song. I have a priest friend named Monsignor John Walsh who... And he said that one time, and I almost lost it. I was like, all you minium. All you minium. Yeah. So anyways, but they have uh, quite an interesting history. And we're going to talk a little about that today because this is my week, and it always seems to be historical. Oh, you love history. Love history. So And England, apparently. And England, apparently. So let's go back to the 16th century, shall we? Let's go. Okay. Camp- <laughs> Campion's <laughs> brag. <laughs> Wayne's World. Yeah, that's getting so old that people probably don't even know what that is. <laughs> yeah, okay. Go Kids on. have never seen you Wayne's World. You better just jump in. All right. Campion's brag is the name of this week's topic. Campion's brag is the brag. It's actually a letter he sent to uh, the Queen of England, who was at the time Queen Elizabeth I, and then her kind of high high privy court, her high privy council, as they say, in England. So it was to the top officials in England, right? A letter sent by who? By this guy, St. Edmund Campion. Oh, okay. Hence Campion's brag. Brag, it's, it's kind of an apologetic to the faith. It's kind of a defense of the faith. So he's kind of like... Sticking it to him. That's why it's called the brag. But it's just a cool phrase. So it's it's like bragging about being Catholic. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. But in a really scholarly, gentlemanish British way. (laughs) Anglophile. Anglophile way. Not not some crazy Coptic Ethiopian way, which would probably be – I don't even know what they would do. You just insulted my friends. Go on. (laughs) That's okay. uh, So this St. Edmund Campion um, was born in 1540, all right? And he was born in England. Now remember what happened in 1534. Take a guess. This is Catholic stuff you should know. 1545 Mm -mm. is the end of the Council of Trent. Okay. So 34 beginning? Uh, Well, something that would have caused the Council of Trent, which would have been... Um, Like Luther goes We're talking about England here. Come on. Oh, yeah. Henry VIII (laughs) starts his own church. Okay, so Henry VIII wants to divorce his wife, Catherine of Aragorn, and marry... 
Anne Boleyn. Anne right? Boleyn. Yeah. He wants right. to marry Anne Boleyn. I don't know. I don't watch this Come Showtime on. stuff. I, I'm not watching the History Channel. This is just Catholic stuff you should know. Okay. I'm no, assuming I'm not, you know this. Yeah. Okay. You don't. But That's I okay. will soon. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> so in 1534, um, Henry VIII separates himself and all of England from the Catholic Church. Right. England had been a Catholic country for like 1,200 years. People don't realize that. They have, it was one of the most oh, amazing yeah. and glorious Catholic countries and Catholic traditions uh, in the world. But it just got severed right there at that point in 15, uh, 1534. So what happens is that it, seven years later, this young boy is born in England of, an, of a family that's separated from the church. So he's Anglican is what they okay. would later be called. So this guy, Edmund Campion, grows up Anglican, goes to Oxford. He's really bright. He's just – he's really gifted. They're like this guy. They're calling him like one of the next gems, one of the great intellectuals of the next generation of Brits. And they're hoping that these great guys coming out of Oxford will be the great defenders of the English church, right? And right. be able to art- articulate and identify and defend the English church versus the church in Rome, the church of right. the pope and – which we know is the Catholic right. church, right? And they thought – they really thought they were in a genuine reform. Right. That there wasn't supposed to be a pope for the Christian church and that uh, – they were doing the right thing by breaking off. They did. They saw themselves as the true church. But Campion, Edmund Campion, starts to see different. Okay. He, um, he, uh, he's ordained a deacon, right? But then he takes this pilgrimage to Rome, and he has a conversion. And he's like, i got to become Catholic. But what he realizes is that um, to become Catholic means to be killed, essentially. Uh-oh. The Catholics in, um, in England after the Reformation, it was not this kind of, we tolerate you, everything's cool, whatever. It was... Um, you either have to commit apostasy, leave, leave the faith, or you're going to be um, committing treason. And we're going to throw you in jail. You're going to lose your property. You're going to do whatever. I mean, the, the laws and that you might die. in effect. I wish we had time to go into it. Yeah. They're killing hundreds, thousands of Catholics at this wow. point. Priests have all been exiled. Every priest has been kicked out of the continent. All of the monasteries have been taken. And there's like thousands of monasteries at this point. 1,200 years of Catholic history in this country and all of the monasteries are given to the kind of the English noblemen and the, the queens kind of – I don't know what you would call them now, but the kind of the aristocratic class. What happened with the monks? Were they kicked out and kicked persecuted out. like this? Either killed or kicked out. Yeah. Wow. Everyone is gone. There is no clergy on the continent anymore. Or they, they converted. They left Rome and they committed apostasy. That's Oof. what some of them did. So uh, Campion leaves, studies to become a priest. He joins the Society of Jesus. So he yeah, becomes a Jesuit, Jesuits. which is fresh. It's just happening, right? Ignatius, I don't know what year he founded yeah, the right. Jesuits. That's right, but it was for, uh, they really took off in the counter-reform, so. Yeah, Ignatius was sure born in 1492, so probably, I don't know, 30, 1530. Let's just make that number okay. up. Yeah, that's, that sounds like a good year. So Ignatius starts the Jesuits. He joins the Jesuits, and then um, he's going to be ordained in Douai. So he's in, like, Belgium. Okay. And he's ready to go, and the Pope says to St. Ignatius, Send send priests back into England and reconvert England. And the uh, first priest to go is our boy Edmund our guy Campion. Edmund Campion. Edmund Campion leaves three Jesuits. They cross the English Channel in the middle of the night. He comes across, and they're all in disguise, obviously. But word of this Campion has spread, and it's already spread to London that he's returned. Look out! So immediately, the whole country, right, and all of the government go on on the assault, trying to find this guy and find these priests who have now spread back into the country. So immediately they start hiding, and he. He has all these pseudonyms. So first he's Mr. Edmonds, and he's a jewel dealer. That's how his first <laughs> oh, wow. surname. But then That's he would – um, it became this – it would be an amazing story. Actually, I wish Mel Gibson would make a book of Campion's <laughs> life because every night for the next three years, he traveled on horseback to a different place. And what he did is there was this wow. complex system, a hidden underground system of 
uh, families that had stayed true to Rome, stayed Catholic, and he was ministering to all these families. So he would just, these guys would just go and split up. But he'd pick up the paper the next morning, and he'd read some fake article about one of his pseudonyms, Mr. Edmonds has been killed, and he's now, or, you know, he was killed in uh, the Tyburn or something like that, or he's, he's in London Tower, all of these fake names. Wow. They kept kind of trying to manipulate. Now, did he have disguises? Like, I remember Miguel Pro had disguises when he was Yeah, he had kind of, not as cool as Miguel, but um, he had all kinds of different things, and and, and he would travel by night and then kind of lay low during the oh, day. Oh, that is But, yeah, crazy. fascinating, fascinating life. I mean, for three years he did that. He was the most beloved priest probably in the history of England. Let's just go for it. In the history of England, he's probably <laughs> the most beloved priest because of what he was doing at the time and the most hated. So tell me about his brag. His brag, okay. So um, he get he arrives in 1578. Now, Queen Elizabeth, remember Elizabeth? Uh-huh. She's the daughter of Henry VIII. Right. She's the queen now. Now, everyone talks about Bloody Mary, Mary Tudor, mm-hmm. uh, the Catholic, who she was killing Protestants. Well, actually, Elizabeth was way bloodier. She killed oh, a lot more Catholics. She's the pretty one in all the movies. Oh, my gosh. I know. <laughs> That's the problem. So she's been um, persecuting the Catholics even more, and she wants Campion now. So Campion, this is in 1580, he sends the brag to the queen. And I want to read you just a little section of it. I've got to find it real quick. Yeah. Do something funny while I'm finding it. Uh, Go ahead. Say something funny. I don't really know anything. Okay, funny. Got it. That's good, Phil. Okay, this is the end of the of the brag. Campion's brag is about three pages long, and this is how he ends it. This is beautiful, but it's kind of old school English, so you got to bear with it. Okay, be it known to you that we have made a league, all the Jesuits in the world, whose succession and multitude must overreach all the practices of England, cheerfully to carry the cross you shall lay upon us, and never to despair your recovery, while we have a man left to enjoy your Tyburn. That's where they would hang, draw, and quarter them. Oh, Tyburn. Okay. And to be racked with your torments and consumed with your prisons. The expense is reckoned. The enterprise is begun. It is of God. It cannot be withstood. So the faith was planted. So it must be restored. Yeah. Campion's brag. Campion's brag. So in 1581, though, he comes to a kind of a, well, a tragic end in the eyes of the world, right? He gets caught. Uh-oh. It takes 45 men, 12 hours searching one house. And they find this priest hole, and he's up above this thing. And there's three priests stuck in this little hole above the staircase, one of the stairwells in one of these old English manor homes out oh, in the yeah. country. They find him. They drag him out, take him to London, have a false, falsely accuse him of treason, and then they hang draw and quarter him at Tyburn Square. I've prayed at the spot, actually, where he was murdered. Oh. And right now, actually, it's the intersection of three major streets. Wait, hang drawn and quartered? Yep. But I don't know what that is. Okay. So they hang you up first, just by okay. the throat. until you ever see Braveheart? It's it's what they do. To oh, them that's part. okay. And then they okay. stretch you out, and then they chop you up. Oh boy! Yeah, not not pretty. And so this Tyburn was the place where they would kill a lot of these Catholics, and and uh, Campion was was the first to go. So he's martyred in eighteen, or I'm sorry, in 1581. But he's one of the greatest Catholics, and one of the most amazing stories. We just yeah, touched on it tonight. Cool. There's a great book by Evelyn Waugh called Edmund Campion: A Life, and I highly recommend it. It's not that long, and it is fantastic. So that's Edmund Campion for hey, you. Hey, thanks, John. That's great. No problem. And Campion's Brag. Campion's Brag. I'd love to start a pub named Campion's Brag. So if there's anybody listening who just is sitting on, like, I don't know, $50,000 in capital and wants the uh, Catholic Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. Nice work, too. Thanks. All right. Talk to you soon.